you make your first million dollars? Great question. So took that job in sales and I worked 56 days a week through productive hours, through this philosophy of you know, efficiencies, effectiveness, and statistical success. I work 16 hours active, productive, twice as efficient. And then my statistical success wasn't from outselling people because you know how sales territories go. They had relationships. Mm -hmm. They were 50 years old. But I knew one thing. They were doing an average of 10 appointments. So I was going to get more people available, sell half as many of them, Mm -hmm. and do twice as much work. So I figured out day productive days. I worked 10 years and nine months, and I was only... You know, I made a million dollars in nine months, but I really worked. So it was commissions you made. It was yeah, I'd sal- I had an eighty thousand dollars salary commission and a great expense account okay. and a huge territory because what was your the territory? internet the southeast. Okay, <laughs> but there was only four of us, right? And so I flew every day. I wasn't married. I was money hungry, so I kicked everyone's butt. Were you cold calling on the phone? I was cold calling on the phone. I was knocking. So what I would do, you know, because I'd stay up really late hours, organizing the next day. I'd take two or three flights sometimes in a day. And after I had the one appointment with the biggest law firm, I'd hustle. If it was big buildings, I'd hustle up and down the whole building, cold calling. Sure. Or, so you use your appointment as a way to then do... As a, as a hub. Yeah. And I still do that. Yeah. Like, I still do that on my day. 100%. Um, anyway, I leverage... I just, by the way, I just, you know, I just released a new product, and I was in one of the modules on prospecting. It was like that the secret is when you're out there on the point, you want to you know, use it as a power center and then go around. But it's also I was just visiting so-and-so over in there. Yeah, exactly. And you got the math of it, right? Yeah, so moving from there, West Publishing sold in 90, 1995 for $3.4 billion. Now, that's the day that I decided that I was going to lose the insecurity about not being a real lawyer. Mm-hmm. Every business card I ever had ESQ. My mom made me take the bar because she believed it was a fad. And I decided right then, like, holy moly, $3.4 billion in 1995. I need to brand myself an internet guru. Mm-hmm. Drop the lawyer. Very you, early. Yeah, too. people have to think of me as... This is the guy that was a VP of sales of a $17 billion revenue company that sold for $3.4 billion to, right? I, I had to really brand, and I did, and Anderson Consulting turned into Accenture, hired me away when the big head hunting happened in the, in the later 90s, so 97, 98. Mm-hmm. I went up there and I raised, you know, I was always a sales guy, but I learned that selling meant raising money. Sure. So I raised over $169 million for a wireless proxy server company with all the big Sand Hill Road guys. So kind of like you, I started learning the game sure. and realized where real money was at. Mm-hmm. And so Sequoia, Texas Amarendo, you know, Texas Pacific Amarendo, all the big VCs, HP VC, Accenture VC. Right. And people would stroke me back then $10 million checks after a sales presentation. Mm-hmm. It was no joke, right? And so coming from Akron, Ohio, thinking that five years old, that if I could make a million dollars, I could buy my mom a house, a car, and retire. And that's what I believed at five. Mm-hmm. You know, and I did buy my mom the house in the car nine months out of law school. That's the first money I spent. That's great. And it just reaffirmed at that time that money would buy love and happiness for me. It really did. <laughs> but moreover, I branded myself correctly. Ended up being the CEO of the first smartphone, uh, which was a Windows C device, a Samsung manufactured device. What was, was mo- it called? PC-E phone, 1999. It won Best of Comdex in 99 and 2000. Uh, but I was in another world like you. Um, Just another world that I just, people, you can't explain it. You can do a movie about it and they can watch it. It's still not the same thing as being there. 
You obviously have a talent. You're a great speaker. You're a natural born closer. You are for sure, I can tell. <laughs> All right. And you've probably honed that to a very high level. Tell me about um, how you made the leap. So you started this business. So you became proficient at raising money in Silicon yeah. Valley, right? You started this cell phone company. What happened? So very successful, uh, the cell phone company. The, the other one was disastrous, right? It was during the boom. It, and it, you'll get this too, right? I'm selling something. When I raised $169 million, I remember in the back of my head going, why would we transcode the internet onto these WAP phones and Palm 7s when eventually it'll, it'll just be a handheld computer in our phone? So all oh. this transcribing and XML is going to be worthless. But yet, I'm paying $40,000 a month for a lease and, you know, like, just ridiculous stuff that goes on, knowing while I'm raising money that, God, these people are writing me checks for something that'll be well, obsolete. Explain to me what, what it was. So, so it was a, a middleware company. What they did is E-Trade had a website way back when. Yeah. And they had to put it on your old your old WAP phone, the flip okay, phones. Okay, yeah. And remember, that, and people would trade all the time. We were the company that transcoded it from from uh, HTML okay, into XML okay. so you could use it on a cell phone. But meanwhile, I knew the future, you know, just like I see technologies sure. today, I'm like, this is short-lived. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I moved to the other side of it, which was Got it. the handheld Got side. Because I saw a future in a handheld computer. Mm -hmm. And I was talking about this around the world as a young executive in the Silicon Valley that convergence devices are the future. That's mm -hmm. what we called smartphones, mm -hmm. where you converge sure. data and voice. And that's where I made a really good name for myself in the technology world, working with, you know, Windows and HP and of course Samsung. Samsung became the second biggest manufacturer of phone. This is How about Apple. Any work with Apple? No. I, I did later on. Here's what's interesting for me is I didn't admit for years uh, to people that I got fired. Right, I would tell people I semi-retired and I got so lucky because I hooked up with Lee Steinberg and ran the most notable sports agency and I had owned a golf course and a ski mountain and been a genius in technology stocks and real estate. But what I couldn't admit till I was older is I had outkicked my coverage when it came to actual knowledge. So Sarbanes-Oxley came out. We were a public company. I was a sales guy. I didn't know how to operate the second largest manufacturer of phones. Mm -hmm. you, you know what I mean? In America, sure. I had no idea how to operate a business at that time. And so they paid me a lot of money and asked me to step down or be the executive vice president of sales. Well, I had seen myself as a CEO now. Right. So there's no way I'd do that. And my investments were going so well mm -hmm. that I just stepped into that and ended up, you know, meeting Lee Steinberg. Got it. Who kind of. So you cashed out of the whole tech thing, right? Yeah, exactly. And that was your, how much did you walk away with in that whole experience? So I had over a hundred million dollars. Uh, and because I piled a lot into a golf course that became the eighth best golf course in the country, it was Sam Snead's only design course Where? in Amherst, Virginia called Poplar Grove. Okay. And so the mistake I made, I always say, I wrote a book called Game Time Decision Making based off of bad assumptions. So. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't ask for any help, because I was so ego-driven and I knew everything and you know, we have great relatives around us that could help us, I really believed that I had all this equity, that at any time I could walk into my private bank and say, hey, I need five million. So I get into a lawsuit, huge ego. I'm spending all my cash to prove that I'm right in the lawsuit. I go to my private bank in 2007 at the end of the year and I'm like, you know, I got lots of equity. Can I have five million? And they said, no. And I literally, well, well, excuse me, I've been a 
you know, literally member of this bank. You, what do you mean I can't? Well, we're not lending on those type of deals right now. They're too risky. You know, we're not going stated income. What was the LTV on this thing that you were looking to borrow? I had about forty. Well, I had about forty million loan to value by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, loan to value for them. uh, I I I had about forty million equity in it myself. And clear. Hundred so thirty. Hundred twenty. Hundred twenty was the value. So yeah, thirty three percent of it is in equity. Yeah, they wouldn't lend you five million. They wouldn't lend me five million before the shit hit the fan. Though it was just starting to hit the bank and hit the fan. That was the problem. Yeah. So they would rather own the property, and they were securing that. So then they sent me off to other people. Well, I had thirty three homes, a golf course, a ski Mm -hmm. mountain. Things were moving really fast, and I was still spending money. So I didn't move quick enough to go get more money. So what happened was, as it was happening. Other banks started tightening up sure. as 2008 happened. My properties were really going down, so my equity was a little bit shorter. The golf course and ski mountain were high risk, right? So they were, and they weren't going to take. They weren't lending money to anybody. It was no, crazy. and so then I started a sell off. Once I started a sell off, nobody wanted to lend me money. Then I missed a payment or two. Now nobody in God's green earth wanted to raise me money, and it just spiraled. Now, meanwhile, I'm the CEO of the most notable sports agency in the world. They made the movie Jerry Maguire after the firm I'm running. Lee hired me because of movie. my financial success. So, you know, 75% at the time of all athletes were going bankrupt about two and a half years after they finished playing. He was using me as the icon to say, hey, look, our CEO is going to make sure that you're financially secure. I was terrified that I had to go tell him I was bankrupt because I was going to lose that job because I was worthless to him. Right, because he hired me to be a financial success. His last partner owned the Padres, mm-hmm. right? I mean, eventually he owned the Diamondbacks yeah. at the time, uh-huh. Jeff Morat. I was panicked, but worse than that, man, you'll understand this. I had to go tell my mom I went bankrupt, but worse, I forgot to take her house out of. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So I lost her house. I had to tell her she was moving. Oh, my God. Jewish mom. I mean, <laughs> that, those were, that's a tough day. I'm sure she took it well. You know what? Surprisingly. It was amazing. I, I was terrified. Sure, I thought yeah. she was gonna have a heart attack. Like, nah, I'm sure she, remember Elizabeth? I'm coming. Yeah, you know, it doesn't Red surprise Fox. me at all. She looked at me without yeah. blinking, just like, "Are you okay? Do you yeah. need any money?" Yeah. It was, and that's where a switch came on my head. Is my mom's right? Mm. I'm lost. My mom would tell. Maybe your parents did as well. Throughout all the great success, you're lost. I'm really worried about you. You're lost. You're lost. My wife would say, "You're lost." I don't care about any of this. And I'd look at him, go like. What do you guys know about being lost? You made $17,000 a year yeah. being a second grade teacher yeah. and filling up turnstiles at the 7-Eleven. But I wanted to find what my mom had, uh, and that was the second journey. But yeah. I wanted to do it different. I wanted to make a ton of money and show people that you can be a good, kind person, and you just have to really challenge yourself to do good right. and make a lot of money. And you know, without manipulation, overselling, mm-hmm. back-end selling, just good selling. 